This show is for every woman who has accepted pain and discomfort as inherent to being a woman, or who has denied any part of themselves to make it or feel accepted. Women of reproductive age have been left out of a lot of research because our bodies and our hormones are considered too complicated. What is worse is this idea trickles down to education, leaving most women with very little information about how their bodies work. Not only are we not taught how our bodies work, but once you start asking questions, it is surprisingly difficult to find answers. I believe that every woman deserves to know how her body works, to recognize when symptoms arise, and to feel confident in her inner voice. Because the pain, the mood swings, and the hormones are not your problem. They're your body's messengers. I am here to confront and change narratives around being a woman, being hormonal, and yes, PMSing. I'm your host, Brianna Villegas, and welcome to My Hormone Rants. Today, I'm going to be joined by Monica Cox, who is a top holistic functional fertility coach and infertility warrior. She supports women in finding the root cause of their fertility issues and becoming the conscious mother that they were born to be. She has dealt with this personally. She's dealt with years of unexplained infertility, failed IVFs, and survived several miscarriages before becoming an IVF mom and then also getting pregnant naturally. So even though the doctor said there was nothing, and she has taken her experience and written a best-selling journal called Boost Your Embryos and is dedicated to inspire women to look beyond their infertility diagnosis and take control of their health. Welcome, Monica. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi, thanks for having me. A lot of the conversation that we have here on Hormone Rants is about understanding the the benefit and the relevance of our menstrual cycle at all seasons of life. But I'm really excited to talk to you about specifically how it affects fertility and like what we need to know in the midst of maybe infertility diagnosis, but also in preparation for when that is something that we're ready to do. So I'd love for you to start with just sharing your journey, how you came to this work. Okay, so I'm going to give you the cliff notes because this is a really long journey. Yeah. But basically at 27, I was a normal cycling female, healthy, um, you know, quote unquote, nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get pregnant. Um, and so they, three years of trying, they recommended IVF and that was just a shambles. It... Um, said I had low A quality and there was nothing that I can do about it. Um, I just didn't believe it for some reason. I mean, heck, nothing even about like how my cycle worked, what the hormones were involved. So I just went on this mission to kind of figure out what was going on. I was diagnosed with unexplained. And um, long story short, I ended up having a silent autoimmune issue. And I call it silent because I just had normal and common health issues. I was never diagnosed with, you know, thyroid issues or a specific autoimmune disease. But basically, my body had high, or we all have killer cells um, that help protect us from viruses and, you Mm -hmm. know, things that come into our body that are bad and really need to be attacked. But I had uh, elevated ones so much so that it was basically attacking the embryos before Mm -hmm. or even during implantation and also causing low A quality. So I reversed it um, through diet and lifestyle. I do have an IVF baby, but I got pregnant naturally after eight years. Wow, that's amazing. And that's so interesting, that autoimmune piece of it, because it also points to like the magic of what actually happens in our body. Like immune system dips. It's supposed to dip during the luteal phase. 
And obviously, if you're not thinking about having a kid and you're like just living your life, you're like, why do I keep getting sick right before my period? And why do I need to think about that more? And it can feel annoying, but it's like this is such an important part of the process. And when it's not working, like that's a real, real problem. The frustrating bit was when I was going through this, there were they were there was zero. I'm just going to say there was zero Googleable, searchable. Instagram wasn't invented. Mm -hmm. Podcasts like yours weren't around. Um, Trust me, I looked for anything and everything. If I would have even started with just getting in tune way more with my menstrual cycle, that would I would have been able to see the warning signs that were there. Mm -hmm. So I had all the classic PMS, sore boobs before, um, moodiness. I never had like severe, severe cramping, but enough cramping where, uh, you know, my day was ruined and I had to take Advil or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, like some kind of pain medication. Um, My luteal phases were really short, um, you know, and that's just not a good thing for fertility. But if you're in tune with these things and you're like, oh, that isn't really my usual or this doesn't feel right to me then you can start like linking into, okay, well, what's going on with the rest of my body? Mm -hmm. Because fertility is like, I don't want to say like the bottom of it, but basically your your body doesn't need it to survive, Mm -hmm. right? So if you've got a lot of things going on in kind of your stomach area, your liver, your heart, your brain, your thyroid, your adrenals, your body's going to take all that energy and just allow those to survive, right? right. And so yeah, because survival is sh- always going to be put ahead yes. of fertility, yeah. um, especially. And if you think about it, that's a good thing, right? Like, yeah, if, <laughs> if you're not doing well, like you don't need that added, yes, <laughs> burden and pressure. But obviously, like in our modern lifestyle, those things um, are we're having those effects in our body, not from actual like you know, famine and, you know, (laughs) actual situations where it's not optimal to have a child, right? So a hundred percent and seeing those signs early, super helpful. Absolutely. So first, I kind of want to talk about, you know, women who are in this journey right now where maybe they've gotten an infertility diagnosis or maybe they've had some pregnancy losses without any like real answers of why, you know, they've been through the testing what would you say to those women of like what's where to start so all the fertility testing that you do is basically looking at your lady bits and like we were just Mm -hmm. talking about that is it's a trickle on effect so one thing i want to say about testing too or there's two things i suppose testing is a snapshot in time and you got to remember it's of your past not of your future so when you Mm -hmm. go take a test It's literally a snapshot of that day and everything that's ever happened behind you, Mm -hmm. right? It's not going to dictate what is ahead of you. So you got to remember that too, because I think testing people are like, oh my God, they freak out. I have low AMH. I don't have enough estrogen. I don't have enough progesterone. Oh, I need medication. Like, just like, let's calm down with that. And the the testing that they do for fertility is, um, it's just not a good representation and it doesn't give you the answers that you actually need of where to go. So if you're in the sh- in kind of the thick of it and all your fertility testing, quote unquote, has come back normal, but you're still not getting or staying pregnant, 
it's time to start looking at the areas that actually control your fertility. So your pituitary, your penile, your hypothalamus, that's the beginning of it. Your head, your mental and emotional state, your stress levels. So going down to your adrenals, your thyroid, um, your liver plays a huge, huge role in detoxification. And if that's not happening, your hormones are all over the place. And then, you know, for me, number one, gut health. <laughs> like yeah. It's really one of the master controllers. Um, you know, your estrobiome is in there. Um, and it just plays a really, really big part of having healthy hormones. So those are the areas that you actually want to start looking at um, and starting to find ways where you can lower that inflammation and that oxidative stress that is actually contributing to the issues above that trickle down to uh, the issues below. For everyone cleaning up their toxins, you know, we are just toxin overload um, and cleaning up our diets. Um, I mean, kind of like the basics of what you've heard, um, but getting kind of just really real with yourself and going, okay, where can I start making these improvements? No, I love that this holistic picture of it, right? It's the endocrine system. It's how our body is yeah. functioning as a whole and not the uterus, the ovaries. And I think there's such a... I mean, this is such a historic thing in medicine with women that it's like if it has anything even remotely to do with your female reproductive organs, like it's a diagnosis, it's there's no cure, we don't know why it's happening, like that's just over and over we hear that. And so, yeah, getting those results back can be such a, you know, d deflating experience of like, oh, because I've had so many people and not just with this, but with other hormone disorders, they're like, how do I know if I have this? Or I've told I have, you know, XYZ and they said there's no cure for it. And it's just, that's because there's nothing wrong necessarily with yes. those organs. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. there's nothing they can do to your ovaries to make that change, but that's because it's too zoomed in. Medical Where system just does not look at that, especially the fertility. They have put your lady bits in a box and mm -hmm. put a nail in the coffin. And if anything's wrong, it's like, no, you can't do anything about it. And it's really sad. Yeah, our bodies don't work as individual parts. Um, exactly. So I think starting there with that understanding that like there's so much in our control outside of egg quality specifically or like, no, you can't necessarily control that one follicle, but there's so much you can do on the, the bigger picture to support that. I'd love to go into like more detail about that. So, you know, you're talking about the basics, right? Stress management, diet, lifestyle. Are there any sort of specific tips um, within that that or guidelines? Because I think, you know, we hear that a lot, right? Like diet, lifestyle. Um, and a lot of times people think that they are doing that. Mm -hmm. But what does that actually look like to support female bodies, to support uh, fertility? Yeah. So I would even go broader with that. It's not really about necessarily female bodies or fertility mm -hmm. it's about your body mm -hmm. so you got to find your personal food intolerances and they can be like super healthy things like tomatoes i've seen avocado mm -hmm. pop up i've seen salmon pop up you know all these fertility quote on quote unquote yeah. foods um so it's really honing in on your specific food intolerances eliminating those to your best ability 
And then it's about bringing in a wide variety. This is where people get caught up. They have, you know, and I, like I'm even in this rut right now. Like it's hard, right? You're, mm-hmm. We're all like creatures of habit and we don't uh, live in a seasonal um, environment anymore. The basics are in their grocery store and we right. kind of have to like go outside of our boxes to find different variations of foods. But it's bringing in that variation and supporting the gut microbiome that way just kind of think about it of like, okay, I'm going to train for a marathon or, you know, you're training for an exam at school. Like you just take a season of your life and go, okay, I'm dedicating my life to figuring out what diet works best for me. How do I react on grains, gluten, rice? We've done an experiment in my household about white rice And Mm -hmm. we kind of got into this trap. It's, you know, we live on an island out in Hawaii. It's just food is super expensive. So we're buying, you know, the white organic rice. But I'm seeing my husband get a little bit of like a tummy pooch, which doesn't usually happen for him. My kids like glucose are spiking after Mm -hmm. dinner. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Oh, yeah, of course, we don't have enough fiber to Mm -hmm. counteract this because they've taken out the fiber in the white rice. Right. So it's like, okay, if we're going to have rice, we're going to you know, pull out our purse, pay a little bit more for a smaller bag with the the rice that does have the fiber in it. So you got to really just kind of commit to this season of your life and just know that it gets easier. Like you're not going to have to overthink it the rest of your mm-hmm. life, right? And the more consistent you are, when you do have those cheat days or, you know, whatever you want to call them, your body's actually going to be able to handle them a lot better. Or the other thing that's going to do is going to be like, oh, hell no, we're not doing that anymore. And you will see really quickly and you'll you'll go, "Okay, that does not serve me anymore. It's not even worth the cheat anymore. Yeah. Well, then it becomes from a place of like, does this feel good? Does this serve me? And not I can or can't eat something. Exactly. Because obviously when it's that restriction mentality, like that's always so hard. But when you get to that place of like, oh, I can feel the difference. And I either choose that like it's worth it today or it's not worth it. And even hearing you describe that, I feel like my first kind of reaction to that is like, like, oh man, like, you know, oh, it's so hard, season, right? Like, <laughs> it's so I don't want to think about, you know, like make that everything. Um, but at yeah. the same time, like if you're thinking about, you know, being in the thick of like an infertility journey, like it's already consuming oh, yeah. your life. It's consuming what you think about it. Like it's, like if that's already where you're at, like this is what I want and I wanted it a year ago, two years ago, you know, and this ability to like shift that focus a little bit and like release some of the pressure on the end goal and like shift it back to like these are things that I can control. And then it, it doesn't feel as intense as yeah. like this season of life, stop everything else. It's like you've already put so many things on hold for this. Oh, so many things. And I would even say outside of a fertility journey, Usually when people make dramatic moves, it's because of a really big, quote unquote, negative event, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't like I look at my fertility, my infertility journey as a very positive experience now. Like, yeah, it was shit like SHIT going through it. But I'm so grateful for it because it made me who I am. But look, people come to a situation and you will start doing things you never thought you could do when you're tired of your own BS. Mm-hmm. So even if you're going through this journey of just living by your menstrual cycle, right? That's hard to do 
regardless, because society has not set us up right. that we need to, you know, maybe plan things around this section of our cycle because we're going to do better and we're going to have mm-hmm. more energy and, you know, like we might attract more people to us and all that. And in this season, like that's even hard to live by. But when you're tired of how your life has been going day, week, month, year after year after year, you kind of are like, I'm so sick of that. I'm willing to do, quote unquote, these hard, Mm -hmm. challenging things. And then when you get through those hard, challenging things, you look back and go, God, I wish I would have done that earlier. (laughs) Like I could have saved myself years, a lot of heartache, a lot of money. Part of that is like, what is hard about it? Like, it's not actually eating different. That's hard. It's not actually living cyclically. Because I like what I tell my clients and everyone is like, you're already living cyclically. Like, it's already <laughs> happening. <laughs> right. It's just like, is it a good cycle? Is it yeah. is it working for you? Is it serving you or not? You're already eating. You're already thinking about your food. You're already making these decisions constantly. It's the change, though. Our bodies are resistant to change because it doesn't feel safe. Yeah. And so our bodies freak out. And so even I think getting down to that root of like, what's going to feel hard is doing something different, but it's not even the thing itself. And as soon as you can get those, those quick wins and those reminders, that's like, oh yeah, this does feel better. This is why I'm doing it. Exactly. And I mean, that's the number one missing piece in everyone's journey is the mindset piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I started changing up my diet for fertility reasons, I vividly remember sitting in my dining room area. We just bought this cute little home in Yorkshire in England. And I was sat eating this like organic breakfast in this beautiful home. The sun is shining through and I was pissed. I was like really angry. And then I started physically laughing out loud at myself. Like, what are you angry about? Like (laughs) you have this beautiful home. You have the resources to buy organic food. You're gaining this knowledge. You finally have some hope back after like four years of thinking that it would never, never work. And you're pissed. Like, come on, girl. That radical realization about you're actually creating your environment, Mm -hmm. right? Like I wasn't causing my infertility, but my actions either mentally, physically were contributing to being stuck in that same zone. So it was like, how how do I change this? And so the mindset piece and just getting real with yourself. And yeah, you're completely right about your body doesn't like change. It's, your brain is a protective organism, right? Mm-hmm. Like change is scary. Change is unsafe. Even though that it would be better for you, your mm-hmm. brain doesn't know that. And so the places that you're avoiding are the places you need to go to first. And I think that also having that piece of you know, you can set the pace on that too. Sometimes it can feel so overwhelming because you're like, I have to throw everything out in my cabinets and buy everything new. And it's like, there's there's so many ways to start, to start yeah. small, to start with one thing and build that muscle as exactly. well. Yeah, I mean, I, with my clients, my community, I'm like, start where you're at. Mm-hmm. If you come to me with a full-blown autoimmune issue and you have never changed your diet, we're not doing AIP right away. Absolutely not. That will send you over the edge, mm-hmm. right? We're starting where you think the most comfortable. How many foods can, do you think you can take away from your diet? 
Because even if you're just looking at the elimination diet, which is like gluten, dairy, soy, corn, and like high sugar and maybe eggs, right? Mm-hmm. That's like 80% of the grocery store. Right. <laughs> like, that yeah. is a lot of people's diet. Yeah. So to readjust that, you got to start where you're at and just give yourself grace that you will get there. And if you try to do too much, if you try to do the whole diet, if you try to do the mindset stuff, if you try to do the exercise, um, even like the bath products and the, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot. So yeah, just absolutely start where you're at and keep building. Yeah. And I like that idea too, of like what's accessible to you, what feels a comfortable first step, because it's all entry points. Yeah. Like it may be like you just have this block of emotion that if you don't get through that, like it doesn't matter what you eat, doesn't matter what products you throw out and replace or whatever. But like until you can get through that release, it doesn't make a difference. I know with my journey, I had um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I started out initially like, all right, somebody said they cut out dairy and like felt better. So I'm like, take out dairy, take out gluten. And I was miserable. And my body didn't feel good. Like, it was just like, oh, great. I can't eat my bagel for breakfast. So, mm-hmm. like, this isn't this isn't good. So, I, for me, like, my first entry point was, like, I need to get back into partnership with my body and feel like we're on the same team. Because I was doing stuff to my body. And it was yeah. almost like punishing myself for not feeling how I thought it should. And I, I feel like that could be definitely something that women experience in this journey as well. Because there is so much of that emotion around what you should be able to do what your body should do. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to that Ooh, emotional that, side of it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, okay. So just because I've had over a decade of experience, I'm just going to go to the core of it. It basically comes down to self-love and self-worth. And for a lot of women, we don't even have those core beliefs in ourselves. Mm-hmm. When you get to the point where you can find your level of self-love and self-worth around just your just being you right Mm -hmm. not being a woman not being a mother just being you Mm -hmm. and that you are worthy because you are you and you are loved because you are you that's it and that's what we come into this earth this body this you know our soul comes in And for whatever reason, you know, our circumstances, our religions, our societies, our families, um, just for a lot of us have slowly picked away at that. So a lot of women who deal with fertility issues, um, it is, and even cycling issues, I would say, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of that emotional repression on us, that self-worth repression, that love repression. And those emotions, it's all physical, it's all energy. And mm-hmm. so alongside the societal diets and lifestyles and toxin overload, our our bodies have just been bombarded. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're seeing, you know, young women like me and you. I mean, I was infertile at 17. I'm like, oh, highly positive. <laughs> and I can claim that. And um it was this huge combination of just emotional repression and, you know, all the toxins and stuff. And so when you start unpacking this um, self-worth and self-love around not becoming a mother, your body not doing 
what it was designed to do. And especially seeing other people who are maybe not nearly as healthy as you. I mean, it's really rolling that back in and going, okay, how can I start building this back for me? You know, we went through this culture of toxic positivity. Just think positive, just do this, just, you know, be that. You already are that, Mm -hmm. right? Like we just said, you were born that way. You kind of have to reverse engineer and get rid of all the crap that got put on Mm -hmm. you and your subconscious mind. And then it's just the hardest part, like you said, with your body trying to protect you and change, right? You've known this unsafe place, which your body thinks is safe for Mm -hmm. decades now. And so when you start peeling back those layers, um, that's kind of when you start realizing like, oh, God, I really haven't felt great about myself since I don't even maybe before my conscious memories even started. Right. And I know that was really true for me. And it was really hard to unpack because I had a good childhood. My parents were around, um, but they were just emotionally unavailable because of their childhoods. Right. Um, So when it comes time for that, it's not your body is not broken. It's it's just needs some TLC. And starting with that self-love and that self-awareness is a really good place. And it's probably one of the last places women go because it's not tangible. Mm-hmm. You don't, you almost feel out of control with it, right? So um, people latch onto the diets, they latch mm-hmm. onto the supplements, they latch onto these things because they're tangible, they're doing something, they're fixing it. Mm-hmm. Where if you, yes, that's very, very important. We're physical beings on a physical earth. Mm-hmm. We got to play this physical game. But when you've kind of reached your limit of that, you got to turn around and start going inwards. And I think finding that balance of like using these concrete things like diet and lifestyle to help create some of that safety of like, okay, I'm working on this to then bring in a little bit of that emotion side as well. Because yeah, if you just like dive into all of that, especially when you're already in a highly, you know, emotional and like repressed state from what you're, the results you're not seeing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that is a lot. That's a lot for your body. Um, and that's where I think, you know, people like you who, who can help support that as well are so valuable because it can be a lot to unpack on your own. Yeah, a lot. And then you, uh, to be honest, you probably won't even see it. Yeah. Right. Like all my clients, it's, it's, I get the physical stuff like out of the way, right. That's right. what kind, I don't know. I think they are coming to me now for more emotional support, but like we get the physical stuff. We get the action plan. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then most of the coaching now is about the mental emotional side. And and it's small things. It's like bringing joy back into your life. Your outer world is a mirror of your inner world. And so it's time to start looking at those things and slowly bringing that joy back into our life. And I think even when you're doing, you know, um, working with the menstrual cycle, that's the same. You know, it's if you can get to that stage first before the fertility issues, you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of time. And it's just really getting that space welcoming and um, bringing that joy back into your life that's been missing for probably a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. And that value of like getting to know yourself before 
you step into this journey too. Before we wrap up, I would love if you could share a couple tips on how to navigate this like with a partner. Um, Because obviously we've been talking about so many things that you can do like as an individual, as you're getting your body in this environment, you know, more optimal, but obviously this is happening with another person. There's other people's emotions involved and also trying to maintain a healthy relationship in the process. Do you have any like top tips to navigate that together? Yeah. So the brutal honesty is, is that if you're not on the same page now, you are going to struggle when you have kids. Kids Mm -hmm. are one of the hardest things on a couple. Um, I've been with my husband for 22 years and um, our relationship is completely different with our children. And he had to get on the same page as me when it came to diet and lifestyle So um, it's having those hard conversations, it's doing it together. If you do decide to take a holistic um, Mm -hmm. functional approach, the sperm matters just as much as the egg matters. It is literally 50% of that Mm -hmm. human being. Men's sperm counts are way down and the fine range is way too big. And it's just being really honest and open with them. And I kind of think that's a really big problem. I didn't realize I had this until a few years ago, but there was things I didn't do because I was scared of my husband judging me, Mm -hmm. right? Because that wasn't the woman he married. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of start hiding, you know, your powers or maybe what your intuition is telling you or maybe what you, you really want to do as a couple. And then you don't say it and then you kind of get resentful or things don't go your way or, So I would just say be really honest and open and start having these kind of quote unquote harder conversations because when you start making decisions together on other human beings, it's um, just another level, man. (laughs) (laughs) And um, if you're, you know, when you're fortunate to have your family, um, we have one son that's a spit of him and one son that is a spit of me and they both test us in Mm -hmm. individual ways so the more you can talk about these things now and get get on the same page of the diet the lifestyle the mental and emotional i'm telling you your journey through pregnancy and postpartum and parenthood are just going to be so much easier thank you so much for all of the wisdom you shared with us today and before we end, let us know like where listeners can find you, where they can learn more about uh, your work. Yeah, I'm at Finding Fertility Everywhere, social media, website, and podcast. So you can come join the community wherever you hang out on the internet. <laughs> Amazing. And I'll link all of that um, in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or wherever you listen, and be sure to share with someone who could also benefit from this information. And if you want to learn more about how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to briannaviegas.com or find me on Instagram at Coaching.